Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is September 21st, 2017. My name is Philip Rostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. We're coming to the end of this week and the end of our player outlooks as we get set for the opening of training camp next week and Media Day on Monday. We'll have a complete preview of Media Day with a look at five stats to be concerned about and five stats to be optimistic about. That episode will come on Monday as we lead into Media Day. And then, of course, Tuesday's episode will have a complete recap of Media Day, including some of the big storylines going on with the Orlando Magic. Uh, But for now, we're going to stick to player outlooks and talk about two players uh, who are both in very interesting years for them this year, although they'll be doing it from opposite ends of the spectrum. Before we dive in, though, to these two players, I do want to remind everyone that you can, of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places you download podcasts, your podcast-enabled listening device. It is, of course, the preseason, and I'm sure more people will be searching for the Lockdown Magic podcast than ever before. So be sure to uh, leave a review on iTunes so that others can find us more easily and we can all become a bigger, greater, more fantastic Locked On Magic community. So be sure to do that as well. And of course, if you have not already, also check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Every team in the NBA is covered. And if, if we aren't already, all of us will be back to doing daily episodes just like this one. Uh, next week for the beginning of training camp around the league. So if you're looking to learn a little bit more about uh, that that team in the Eastern Conference or that team in the Western Conference that you don't know very much about, this this is the place to go to get it. Just search for Locked On and the team you are searching for, and you will get the latest info on that team every day in a podcast form just like this show. Uh, Obviously, I'm kind of saving some big players for... Uh, the end of this, but really, when it comes down to it, when it comes down to it, and the Orlando Magic this coming season, there is one player that's really going to drive everything for the Orlando Magic, and I don't think there is another way to get around it to say that there may not be a player whose consistency matters more to this team than the player I'm going to discuss here in the first half of this podcast. For much of the first half of the season, uh, it did seem like Alfred Payton was constrained a little bit. The Magic gave him a green light to shoot it. They believed in his mechanics. They wanted to build some optimism for him and build some confidence in him that he could shoot, that, that that one glaring weakness of his could become a strength. Maybe it was naivete. Maybe it was just confidence, just the pro- they thought the problem was conference. Whatever it was, the Magic put him in a position where they asked him to be on the perimeter a little bit more. In fact, it felt like at times they took the ball out of his hands. 
Some of that was just the way the team was set up. All of a sudden, the Magic did not have a team that seemed to fit Peyton's eye. With Nikola Vucevic and Serge Ibaka, the paint was more cluttered than ever. And with teams sinking back off of him, because he can't hit a jumper, and didn't prove that he could hit a jumper throughout all of last season, it decreased the space for him to operate and get into the paint, as well as for everyone else to get into the paint. You've seen these gifs, you've seen these screenshots of teams that literally have five guys with a foot in the paint against the Magic's shooters. And it was as much about Peyton and his inability to shoot as it was about the Magic's roster construction. Peyton did not work in the Magic's first half of the season. The team slowed down its offense, and he just, just, it just didn't fit his eye. It just didn't fit what he can do. Because what Peyton is really good at is you give him space and he will take it. He will create something with it. When you take that space away, he seems a bit lost. It doesn't fit his game because of that poor jump shooting. It all always comes back to that poor jump shooting. Except after the All-Star break, it didn't. Suddenly, the space opened up. The Magic put the ball in his hands. They let him play with pace. He was able to get into the paint and find space to operate and draw the defense to him. Payton was, quite simply, a revelation after the All-Star break. And the numbers really speak for themselves. For the year, he averaged 12.8 points per game, 4.7 rebounds per game, and and 6.5 assists per game. Shot 47.1% from the floor, 27.4% from beyond the arc. That's not what's important here. After the All-Star break, Payton was probably the single most important player on the team. He was the engine that drove all of the Magic's improvement on the offensive end. Before the All-Star break, just to set the table, 12.5 points per game, 3.8 rebounds per game, 5.7 assists per game. After the All-Star break, 13.5 points per game, 7 rebounds per game, and 8.4 assists per game, shooting 50.8% from the floor and 31.6% from beyond the arc. Payton, and not not only that, plus 2.6 per game. Or plus 2.6 net rating, I should say. That starting lineup was very much driven by Alfred Payton. And suddenly the Magic's fast-breaking, open style of offense seemed to make him go and make his team go. Because the one thing we know about Alfred Payton after three years is when you put him in space, he can create for others. He can make his teammates better. He can make his team better. And yeah, he can score quasi-effectively. He knows what he's good at. He's got this great little push set shot. We've known that for a long time. You put him in a jump shot, it's not as strong. So, the Magic then seemingly unlocked a part of Alfred Payton that that they needed so desperately. The question is whether those numbers after the All-Star break are sustainable, whether the games where he flirted with a triple-double, the five games after the All-Star break when he got a triple-double to become the Magic's all-time leader in triple-doubles, is that the real Alfred Payton? 
Is that the guy the manager can count on every single night? That's the big question for Alfred Payton. And like Aaron Gordon, who, if you haven't guessed by now, we're going to talk a lot about Aaron Gordon on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. But like Aaron Gordon, Alfred Payton is now a restri- is going to be a restricted free agent at the end of this at the end of the year. And yes, there are still legitimate questions of can a non-shooting point guard like Alfred Payton succeed in this league? After all, the Magic still weren't a winning team after the All-Star break, despite those statistics. And Payton and the Magic's record in the games where Payton does get a triple-double are not good. And Payton will be the first to tell you that. The triple-double's nice, but he wants to win. It's extremely difficult right now to put a dollar value on Alfred Payton. And I'll talk a little bit more about the extension talk probably on tomorrow's episode as well. It's hard to put that dollar amount on Payton right now because he hasn't proven it in consecutive years. And on top of all that, the thing that he was supposed to be good at coming out of Louisiana Lafayette, he struggled with to the team's detriment. Alfred Payton has not been a good defender in the NBA. He's For whatever reason, he has struggled keeping opposing point guards in front of him. He's got the physical tools. He's got the athleticism. For some reason, defense has not clicked in for him. And that is a big part of his game that he needs to add. If he wants to remain the point guard of the future for this Magic team, and not just the guy Rob Hennigan went out and got. If Peyton wants to remain the point guard of the future, he has to, and I repeat, he has to become at least an average defender. Too often last year, point guards were getting into the paint with ease, getting past him, getting by him, getting he couldn't fight through screens, he just... It, it, the point of attack for for other team for opponents was just too easy. Getting to that second level of the defense and forcing the Magic to scramble. And so, if there is a detriment to Peyton's play, it is still that. As much as his shooting, because he proved last year after the All Star break, he can work around the shooting. He can make it work with his with his poor jump shot because he shot fifty point eight percent after the All Star break. Obviously, these are still very open questions for Alfred Payton. He is undoubtedly the point guard for this team. He is undoubtedly an important part of what the Magic will try to do this season. They need him to perform at a high level again. They need him to be post-All-Star Alfred Payton every night if they want to have a successful season. And like with so many players on this team right now, it is put-up-or-shut-up time for Alfred Payton. And that's going to be the storyline for him all season long. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. 
B-O-O-M. And like with Alfred Payton, it's also put up or shut up time for another player on the Orlando Magic. A player who came into the came onto the team with high expectations. That's what happens when you get drafted top five overall. But instead, Mario Azonia has simply fallen off the face of the earth to the point where we can't even say for certain he will be in the Magic's rotation next year. The six foot eight forward kind of was sold to the league as this sweet shooting player who could hit shots from 30 feet beyond the basket and tell you about it afterward. Yet for some reason, that confidence has left him. Last year, by any measure, was a disaster of a season for Mario Azonia. He shot he averaged 4.9 points per game shot 35.5% from the floor and 29.9% from beyond the arc. For a guy who is known as a shooter to shoot worse than 30% from beyond the arc on roughly the same amount of attempts as he had his rookie year is unacceptable, at least if you want to play. And figuring out why that happened is still not 100% clear. Hazoni was part of the rotation to start the season and he struggled. His defense wasn't up to par on a team that was built on defense, and he wasn't making enough shots to justify him staying in the game, beyond the fact that he is a former number five overall pick. And Hazonia just could not recrack the rotation. Fair or not, he could not get the opportunity. As I like to point out to people, they have practice, and if is not practicing well, he's not going to get in the game. But yes, there's probably a point in the season where the Magic needed to at least try his own. You just throw him out there and see what they could get from him. And oftentimes they didn't. But when he did get the, that opportunity, he never took advantage of it. Because the shot just betrayed him. Now, Hazonia told a, a, a European out, basketball outlet that he was dealing with some type of tendonitis issue throughout the entire season. And that probably slowed him down, probably took away a little bit of his, of his athleticism and a little bit of his lift on his shot. So if that's the reason his shot struggled and, and the Magic just couldn't figure out what was wrong with him, then that's something they can recover from. That's something he can recover from. But at this point, you have to assume he won't. At this point, the Magic, after two years of Mario Zonia, seem ready to move on. Someone asked me earlier this week, are the Magic going to pick up Mario Hazonia's option? And my honest answer is, I have no clue. My guess is, yes, because why not? But it wouldn't surprise me if they let him go and he becomes a free agent this summer. Hazonia, Hazonia more than any other player, has to have a good training camp. He has to prove to Frank Vogel and his teammates that he can contribute to the team in a meaningful way this season. If he gets left out of the rotation again, his NBA career may very well be over. I don't think that's unnecessarily harsh. I think that is reality. Because Azonia's got competition now for that spot, for a backup two or three spot. 
Jonathan Simmons was brought in. Aaron Aflalo was brought in. Wesley Wundu was drafted. Jonathan Isaac will be pushing for minutes too. Hizonia's place on this team is very, very much in doubt. There is a silver lining to all this, though. Hezonia still can be a good shooter. That, 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 but that potential is there somewhere. And when Hezonia did get an opportunity later in the year, he did show improvement. His defense looked much improved as the season went on. So that does suggest that he's coachable, that he's willing to put in the work to get better. And, frankly, not playing in Eurobasket, I think, was a very good decision for his development. Allowed him to focus on his own game, on getting healthy, if, if that injury rumor is true. And not having to fit into a team concept. I mean, Azonia is a wild card. He could become fifth overall pick Mario Azonia. Or he could be 2017 Mario Azonia. Likely, what's going to happen is somewhere in the middle of those two, and probably skewing more toward 2017 Mario Azonia, but this is a kid who's very talented and just has not realized his potential yet. Has not taken the step up that he needs to take if he's going to make it in this league. He's probably going to start the season out of the rotation unless he plays his way into the rotation in training camp. And if he's out of the rotation this year again, that does not bode well for Mario Azonia and his future. Before I close out today's show, uh, I am going to uh, take a step back from real basketball and talk a little bit about fake basketball. Um, I know everyone loves talking about fake basketball, but there, there was, uh, you know, obviously this week is a big week in basketball culture, I guess, or basketball world, because, you know, for a lot of people, the NBA season really begins with 2K Day. And last Friday, uh, the pre-release of NBA 2K18 came out. Uh, 2K18 is currently out in full for the general public. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I have to, I, I bought it pre, pre-release. I've been playing as the Magic. I'm actually pretty good with them. I've, I've figured out some things. I'm really good with Aaron Gordon, especially. Uh, Terrence Ross, I'm actually decent with, um, but he got hurt in my my career, in my my GM, and I'm very upset about it. Uh, but um, I have to say, NBA 2K18 is probably the most realistic basketball game I have ever played. And when I say realistic, I'm not talking about, oh, they updated the rosters or they got players' ratings right. I'm talking. I'm not talking about any of that. That, that level of detail is all there. It's NBA 2K. What I'm talking about when I talk about realistic is that this game feels like an NBA game. You're not just going to, for the most part, if you're playing at the right difficulty level, you're not going to roll out and shoot 57, 60, 70% from the floor easily. You have to be really good, I think, to do that. You're not going to be able to just kind of bulldoze your way into the paint with a really good player and just make crazy layups and, and, and game the game like that. It doesn't let you do it. This is a game 
that wants you and demands, again, if you're playing at the right difficulty level, demands that you play it like an NBA basketball game. I've never seen a game paced this way where it where it forces you to execute in the half court, to pick the spots that you go in transition, to play defense at a really high level. Like um, you can turn on a function. Uh, a, players talk to each other on the floor. You can hear them talking to each other for defense. So if you know what you're doing, you'll play defense the way that the computer expects you to play defense or your computer will do things that it says it's going to do. You can turn on a feature that that gives you guidance on how to defend pick and rolls. It'll tell you to go over. It'll tell you to ice. It'll tell you to, to switch. But it, it's really not just that, that that really impresses me about this game. It's literally feels like you're playing an NBA basketball game. Just the, just the way players carry themselves, the way the game is the game flows. The fact that def, I mean defense was made significantly easier in this game compared to previous versions. There are still some glitches and there are still some bugs. But I would say if you are a hardcore NBA fan, NBA 2K18 is absolutely the right game for you. It's it's completely different than 2K17. It, some some in bad, some in worse ways, I, I would agree. Um but almost entirely in better ways. If you're not a hardcore NBA fan, if you're looking for a kind of arcade game experience, if you're looking to run up and down the floor and just score a lot of points, I don't think NBA 2K18 is for you. I don't think this game is meant for that type of gamer. I think this game is meant for people who watch the NBA, who know the NBA, who know the players, who know the style, who know the kind of flow of a game, can work in the half court and not just kind of run, kind of breakneck offense. It really forces you to be patient and disciplined, at least if you play the way I play, which I, I tend to be a more patient, disciplined player. And so I am very, very impressed with the work that, that NBA 2K18 18 did. As for the Magic, the Magic are like they should be in real life. They can be really, really fun when you get them out in transition and you play good defense. They can be extremely frustrating in the half court. There just aren't a lot of great shooters. And you want to shoot threes, and I get it, and I want to shoot threes. But when you're shooting too many threes with Alfred Payton, you got a pro- you get a little into a little bit of a problem. The all-time teams are as fun as advertised. I, I horsed around with Tracy McGrady a little bit. Um, Tracy McGrady does not miss, and, and that is just a lot of fun. Um, and so I, I think that for, you know, probably for the people who listen to this podcast, who follow the Magic pretty closely, follow the NBA pretty closely, this is a game that you will absolutely enjoy. And so I, I would definitely, definitely recommend it. And hopefully I see you on my team, on, on, on the my team mode, uh, and, and we can play. So we'll, we'll see about that. If you want to challenge me on NBA 2K18, you can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. I'm an Xbox user, so sorry, PlayStation users. Uh, but otherwise, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, as well as Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out Orlando Magic Daily, and as well, follow us 
on Twitter at OmagicDaily, as well as like us on Facebook at Orlando Magic Daily. Uh, our Orlando Magic Daily mailbag is currently open, so be sure to drop us a line with any magic questions you have. I might answer them on the show early next week. You can drop us a line at omagicdaily or by email at omagicdaily at gmail.com. That is the best way to get in touch with the show. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, or advertising inquiries, anything like that, if you want to be part of the show in some way, uh, feel free to contact me uh, on Twitter or by email. That's the best way to get in touch with me. That's going to do it for me for today's episode. Like I said, tomorrow we will talk all about Aaron Gordon and his outlook for the upcoming season as we are getting closer and closer and closer and closer to media day and the beginning of the 2018 Orlando Magic season. But until tomorrow, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. I will see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best selling LED light bulbs. Our four pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.